Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. What's up? Welcome back to NBS Fitness Radio. I'm here with the Christopher Hoppe. Is that how you pronounce it? It, it, it is French. Hoppe. 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 Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, and so today what we're going to do is Chris is going to ask me questions um, about the gym, about owning uh, a business uh, for 10 years. We recently hit our 10-year anniversary. We opened up. Funny thing, I don't actually know the date we opened up, which I think uh, is kind of funny. And the reason is is because I opened the LLC on one date. I started working out of the gym on one date, and then I opened the gym to the public on a different date. And it was like three months. It was like I did one in July, one in August, one in September, and something else in like November. So we would just, I was like, let's just go with November as first as the open date. Um, but recently hit our 10-year uh, anniversary, and we figured this would be a good opportunity to uh, answer some questions, kind of tell the journey, tell the story. Chris also owned a gym. How long did you own your gym for? Uh, just over 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. 10 cool. years. So we yeah. got two 10 year, um, gym owners here, and this would be a good opportunity to kind of just share some stories, answer some questions. So I'm going to pass it off to Chris and see what you got for me. All right. All right. And, and it's, it's funny how you, you stated, uh, how you started and, and did it on different dates. Cause we did very similar, you know, we started, we got our LLC, then we didn't start and I was doing personal training already. So I didn't really need to open the business. And then it finally eventually opened. So I couldn't tell you the day we started <laughs> Not, my life depended on it. Um, and I guess my first question, and because I've, I've gotten asked this before is why did you start? And, and looking at the timeline, like if you look at the timeline of when you started, when was the year 20, about 2011? 2011. 2011. Yeah. So coming off the heels of the economic crash, yeah. like not the most advantageous time to start a business. Why then? And why did you feel like you had something to offer that didn't already exist in the market? Um, well, I would say one, I was 25 and basically completely unaware of the economic <laughs> crisis. I mean, so like, it happened when I was like my senior year of college, but I wasn't, I wasn't plugged into the financial rhythms or anything. I just was like, Oh, something happened, but I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, when I graduated college, I originally wanted to be a, a college strength conditioning coach. <clears throat> um, but I got an opportunity to come back up to Memphis and run a D1 sports training, which is like a sports development facility. Yep. And decided that really wasn't where I wanted to be. I thought I was going to go back to PT school. Uh, so I went back and took all my prereqs and started doing um, like PT hours, like a shadow hours, and was personal training at a commercial gym while doing that. Uh, so I never really thought I was ever going to be a personal trainer. I kind of thought I was going to be a college strength and conditioning coach. And I was still like applying to college strength and conditioning jobs while doing all this. I kind of thought that was where I was, where I was going to end up. But um, I started personal training. I was like, ah, I, I kind of like this. And realized um, like I, I'm really good at this. I was doing 60 build hours of PT um, at like my peak. And I was like, well, I'm going to make less money if I go do physical therapy. Right. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to have student loans. So that doesn't seem like a good idea. But I I did not fit in well with the commercial gym. I was going to say, there, I was gonna say where, where's the cutoff? I was like, there's got to be something. Because I know I had one. I wanted to hear what yours was. I uh, butted heads with my management to like the highest degree. It was kind of funny because I, mean, I was I – was, making them a significant amount of money, personal training, but none of them worked out. Uh, you know, it was a big commercial gym. They worked on the complete opposite side of the weight room, never came in. Um, like I could go down this rabbit hole, but, uh, you know, what I go back to an example. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we can go down that rabbit hole a little bit. <laughs> um, I just butted heads with them. Like they would get on to me about having wearing a hat backwards while I was working out. I was like, this is the dumbest fucking rule. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, this is the, I was like, I would, they were like, David, they would come down from on high from where they, you know, worked. Yeah. They would come walking through, through the weight room and just come pinpoint me out and be like, 
you know, you can't have your hat on backwards. I was like, there's 30 people in here all with freaking hats on. <laughs> I was like, if you're not like, don't just come in here and force the rule on me or you're supposed to be a, uh, you're supposed to set an example. It's like, but you're not, even if I take my hat off, you're not going to go tell them and be like, you like Dave. Yeah. You're not going to say shit to them. So yeah. this isn't a real rule to stop acting like it's a real rule. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like, if all the things that we're going to like prioritize here, we're going to get on, get onto the personal trainer. He has hat on backwards while he's working out. Yeah. Um, so that kind of stuff like irked me. Um, one, <laughs> I also did some stuff that now as a, <laughs> as a owner and manager, I'm like, yeah, I was, I was kind of a, you're that guy. I was that guy. For example, um, we played Muzak, which is elevator music. Oh, and it was wow. always like top 50 and it was the worst music in the world. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson, it does not produce gains. That's how I, I PR my squad every time. Oh, but Just put a little Clarkson on and it takes me to that next level, David. There you go. Well, th- this is a good environment for you. <laughs> for me, it was not. Uh, and so there's um, almost everyone in the gym is, has headphones on, Fair. especially in a commercial gym. Yeah, yeah. No one's talking to anyone. Everyone's got their headphones on. So... Like ten people in a row are like, "Dude, man, can you change it? Can you change the channel?" I'm like, "Ah, eh, not really." Yeah. And finally, like, ah, let's go see what happens. So I went and put on like Spotify, ACDC. A lady who happened was not listening to headphones <laughs> starts screaming, "Devil's music! Devil's music!" At the top of her lungs, it goes sprinting out of the gym, and like, are you serious? Oh, a thousand percent. Well. Two minutes later, like the entire management <laughs> comes storming into the gym oh with just like laser beams of hatred. And they were just wow. like looking at me. And I had a really uh, stern talking to. Did you have your hat backward when they came out? I probably put it on uh, backwards. Yeah, I was just like, say you should have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, another funny story. <laughs> uh, the beginnings of NBS. I, I love yes. it. So. Well, and you'll you'll get a you'll get a sense why it's called MBS. So, um, on day one, day one, I'm deadlifting, and I think it was like 500 or something, and I put it down. But you know, it it made I didn't drop it. I didn't like throw it down, but like I put it down fast, like you would yeah. do a 500 pound deadlift. Sure. And of course, it went boom. Yeah. Not crazy, but anyways, one of the front desk people comes up and is like, "Hey, Mister So and So, would like you to." Be more quiet while you deadlift. And I said, Mr. Who? And they pointed to this dude on a, like on a cardio machine. I go, well, fuck him. <laughs> He's looking at me. <laughs> I can't believe this actually happened. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't say it at him. Well, no, no, no. I can't believe like somebody, I don't know, it just still blows my mind. I, we come very, we're covered yeah. in the same cloth, yes, yes. Uh, which makes it very entertaining. <laughs> but that somebody like standing across on the gym, like on a stairwell, would look across and say, Could you deadlift quieter, please? Yeah. I need to step in peace. Yes. I, I was like, I go, ah, fuck him. And like, she like looked at me like, Oh, oh, oh. like, Oh, no. And she was like, Uh, I was like, Tell him I'm going to deadlift and he can get over it. Yeah. Now, understand, I had not, I had not lifted in a commercial environment. I yeah, so had first time, first I time was, it, you basically you're like an animal being released, like a wild animal just being released into like a little captivity. Public, captivity. Yeah. yeah. It's the reverse here. You, you were being domesticated. Yes. The domestication of David Allen yes. is what we were witnessing. I had been at in college yeah. and I've been at LSU. Then I've been at a sports development facility. Yeah. And then I was at a commercial gym. Yeah. Okay. And so, so now we see. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd like that to me. I remember the, uh, when I walked out, I was like, good Lord, y'all got a lot of cardio. Why do y'all have all this cardio? And they like started like, hey, hey, that's what everyone does. I was like, y'all have like a hundred machines of cardio. You need a hundred machines of cardio? Yes. Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, because we didn't have one. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, we didn't have one. So anyways, the um, I tell the guy, well, I told the, the, the lady, you know, I'm not going to deadlift quieter. And apparently he saw me kind of say F him. Well, at the time, the way this gym was structured was it was owned by the city. Okay. And he was like an alderman for the city. So he's like my boss. Oh, (laughs) all right. (laughs) All right. So he comes. So I get like a a call from my manager. He's like, hey, can can you come talk to me? I'm like, sure. She's like, so this is the way this works. That guy's an alderman. 
you can't tell him F him. Oh my god. I was like, oh, I didn't know. I like I, yeah, I, well, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't say it to him, but yeah. like he was telling us like he was telling me to, to deadlift quieter. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So that was like day one. And then I like at one point <laughs> shit. Oh god. This is good. This is what we want to get into. I figured I figured we'd open the crack, crack the can of worms that hasn't been cracked. I just in a while. thought like th- these stories coming back, so <laughs> Oh, so I had a morning group, um, probably like seven or eight people. And they're like, I mean, they're all people in the 30s, 40s, want to be healthy and fit. And um, and, and, and we, coming from an athletic development background, a powerlifting background, we did things a lot different than everyone else did. So people looked at us and were like, what the hell are they doing? So we're doing like, we're doing uh, bench press with chains. Yeah. So... I got my crew on the bench presses. We're doing bench presses with chains. This other trainer brings his um, brings his his client over, like walks this big uh, uh, this kind of overweight guy by us, and he's kind of like watching us as we're doing our stuff, and then puts him on the elliptical, like dead in front of us. Oh god! But not not I can see this in my mind's eye right now. It's beautiful. Not not on the elliptical. Puts him in a push-up position with his hands on the elliptical. <laughs> so he, Dude, you're making shit up. Right this now. is a thousand percent true. Oh my! So God. he's got his client like this big, super heavy set guy who clearly is like never worked out before, or it, it hasn't done it in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's just like literally standing three feet away from like a bunch of people like bench pressing with chains. Who are or like? He's like, I could be doing what they're doing, but yeah, this yeah. guy's got me on this elliptical. Bear crawling to nowhere. <laughs> yes. The infinity bear crawl. Oh my gosh. And he just had, and like, that's all he would do with people is like all these like super weird, silly, dumb, dumb bullshit exercises. Yeah. And so, uh, and so someone asked me one time uh, what they thought, what I thought about Joe. Oh, and I no. said, I was a lot more crass back in the day. I, have, <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we have to edit. The, I, yeah, we have to edit the I've original. Chilled David. out a little bit, so I was like, "Well, Joe's a fucking retard." <laughs> I said it right in front of the same alderman. Oh no, <laughs> the same guy. The yeah, same I lip. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know he was standing there, but like he. But <laughs> I will say this to this guy's credit. He wasn't like, get that dude out of here. Like he never. Like, he's, he's probably kind of like, yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> he never got me fired or anything, but. But, um, so then I got another phone call from my manager. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, it, so it's like, it's like my manager, the director and Joe all sitting there and they're like, Hey Dave, like in the room. Yes. You can't say this to, to, you can't like, we're a team. You can't, you can't talk about this to other people. You need to apologize. <laughs> my, my initial response is, well, you need to get Joe to stop sucking. <laughs> so it's like, I go, okay, <laughs> Joe. I'm sorry for calling you a fucking retard. <laughs> we good? <laughs> oh my gosh. So you can see somewhat of the environment that I had created for myself. Yes. yes. That I created for myself. I can see the beginnings, the seeds being planted yes. for the NBS that is today. Yeah. And at the time, I was I was hyper entrepreneurial without really knowing it. I just, I mean, I was just, I grinded hard. I was just like, I wanted to change people's lives. And I want to help. And I, I was like, I'm better than everyone. I, it wasn't like, um, I, I truly believed. I was like, I'm the best coach here. Everyone needs to be training with me. Yeah, I do everything better. And and it wasn't like an egotistical thing. That was just like, that was just a belief in myself. Yeah, and I was like. I'm the only one that's writing programs. Everyone else is making shit up as they go. I'm the only one tracking people's results. No one here does nutrition. Cool. I'm going to start doing nutrition coaching. Hey, I want to start doing nutrition coaching for my my clients. How can we set this up? Well, I don't know. That's not really what we do. Okay, cool. Fine. I'm doing my own. Hey, this is how much it costs to do nutrition coaching with me. Yeah. That kind of stuff would happen. I would put up flyers for my morning group. I I had a Saturday like... um, Saturday boot camp thing I, I, I had going on. I put up flyers throughout the entire place. I, I got like a ton of people who were interested in it. Yeah. But then the manager was like, David, you can't put up flyers throughout the gym. I was like, why not? Yeah. Like, I was like, why can't I? Like, you got to talk to us about these things. It's like, and, and I had never worked in like a corporate environment. I didn't yeah. know. I was just like kind of the things that I was doing. Um, and I, 
I had a email list and I would write like a monthly newsletter. Um, I just put out information Yeah, and I, um, ended up, I was doing that, but it, like it became such a pain in the butt because I had like a pretty decent sized newsletter and people would be like, Hey, can you resend me that one or this? And I was like, I'm just going to do a blog. This is when people started doing blogs. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to do a blog. So I bought, um, I bought the website, mbsfitness.net. Mm. MBS Fitness came uh, from me and another guy, like joking that we were doing MBS, MBS training. Yeah. So no BS I, training. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. Like people talking about from some of your OGs talking about like, oh, I was back with David at so-and-so place when it was just called like, we're doing no BS training. Yeah. That's what it's called. That's legit. And someone like asked me like, what kind, what are y'all doing? And I was like, it's, it's MBS training. And they were like, what's that? I was like, it's a secret. You know, like underground. And it was really just me being a aggressive uh, yeah. or a frictional human. Yeah. Yeah. Basically 100%. insinuating that what y'all are doing is BS. And Challenge, what we're doing is Challenging actually, the status quo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, wait a second. Hold yeah. on. Time out. Like, yeah. this is not what we need. Everybody doesn't need this. Yeah. This will work for some people, but not for what we're looking to do. Yeah. So, um, so people started calling me the MBS trainer. They started, they're doing MBS training. Um, nice. and I was like, well, I'll make, call my website MBS fitness. And I started doing the blog and that's how it started. So, Re, truly MBS fitness started as a, um, as a, as a media company, nice. just an educational company. That's funny. Um, then I started kind of being like, I'm not a good fit here. <laughs> eventually <laughs> you got there. <laughs> I eventually realized, uh, I only applied to one PT school and didn't get in. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to do PT, but I went through this year of yeah. stuff. So like, I'll just throw it out there and see what happens. Yeah. And it just so happened to be the first year that they took online applications or their applications like quadrupled. Oh yeah. So, and so I lucked out. I mean, like, I'm like, I'm like, thank God I didn't get into PT school. Nothing against PT. It just wouldn't oh. have been the thing for me. Yeah, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have done this. Yeah. So I didn't get into PT school and I was like, all right, I'm full bore training. That was it. So I was like, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday, Sunday. When do you want to train? Let's do it. Yeah. I, and um, I have a high capacity, um, I think, for work, for energy. I could train 60 hours a week and it not drain me at all. Yeah. And, in fact, it, I'm a people person. I like being around people. Yeah. It uh, motivated me and infused me with energy. The more I, the more I did it, the more energetic I got, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I know yeah. that that's not the same case for some people. Some yeah. people get drained if they do a 20, 30-hour training week yeah and i could i just i had that whatever reason i could, could do it yeah so i was just growing 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 i got to the 60 hour billable build 60 hours a week week yeah um but i was like i'm not messing well i i have um I had moral disagreements with the way that they ran their business that was gonna be my next question yeah <laughs> I, have ma- I have major moral disagreements with the way that the fitness industry runs as a whole. And I was like, I, I can't be here. Yeah. So I started looking at other places and some of the things I was looking for, I was like, I want a management level that works out and is fit. Gotcha. I want a place that's going to help me develop, help me. The way most commercial gyms work is they go, Oh, you want to be a trainer? Cool. You're hired. Good luck. Yeah. If you do well, we do well. If yep. you do bad, we don't care. It doesn't cost us anything. See you later. There's no development. Yeah. I was like, I want to develop. I want someone to pour into me. I want someone to, to, to help me become better at this stuff. Yep. So I just started looking around at other gyms. I couldn't find that. Yeah. And it doesn't exist in the commercial specter. Yep. So, uh, and I don't know where I had the idea, but if originally, like, I knew there was, like, a room available at the old D1 I was training at. I was like, well, maybe I'll just kind of go back there. Let me rent the room, da, 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 da. Somehow, I don't know if that fell through or what, but then I, that kind of built into the idea of, like, well, I'll just open up my own gym. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that's kind of how it came about. Uh, is you, you may have noticed, but I, I don't have a lot of, um, I don't have a governor on my ideas very much. When something gets I, going in I've me, noticed. I go. <laughs> yeah. I don't think about like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? I'm just like, 
that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going. Go. I'm going. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened with the Ninja Gym. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot. Like even with the, some of my other entrepreneurial friends, they're like, "You're yeah. you're doing what? Yeah. Like when did you have this idea? I was like, I don't know, six months ago. Like in six months, you you now you're just there. I was like, yeah, this is a great idea. And like we let's get, go. We have to. I have to do this. Ready, fire, aim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like let's go. <laughs> Uh, and so that's kind of what, what happened. I was just like, once I decided like, this ain't the spot for me, this is the direction I want to go. I'm going to go do it. And I just did it. Yeah. Um, I joked that I think one of the things that was necessary for having success early on was being young, dumb and broke. Fair. Accurate. <laughs> it's I was a like, heck of a motivator. I have no idea what I'm doing, so I have no idea what I'm getting to, into. So I don't know, know any of the pitfalls. Exactly. Uh, if I mess up, I got plenty of time to correct my life. And, uh, I'm broke, so, you know, it's not like I got anything to lose here. So well, on top of there's nothing better. Yeah. Like, it's like you can't break it because it's already broken. Yeah. The system was broken. You identified that. I think that, like, for me, too, that was step one. It was like, I didn't know where I wanted to go, but I knew it wasn't there. Yeah. So I could just about, I did an about face and just ran as fast as I could in the opposite direction. It was like, I want to run into some stuff, but it's got to be better than where I just came from. Yeah. You know, the 100%. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 there was no business decision behind it. Oh. I mean, I think I was probably, I, I might recall kind of like, well, if my clients pay me this and I'm not yeah. giving this percentage to the, to the gym, then I could go here. And of course, that's yeah. not the way it works in case anyone thinks that. Cause yeah. like, guess what? You now absorb all the expenses yourself. <clears throat> so I made for, I mean, I remember like making pretty good money, uh, you know, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To like, I didn't take a, I didn't take a single dime of profit for the first three months of owning the gym. Yeah. And like I canceled my TV at home. I wouldn't run the the AC or the yeah or the he- heat. I would just be like, I'm either hot or cold tonight. 100. I would eat like ramen and, and tuna. Yeah, that's what I ate. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'll I'm gonna cut all every expense I have, and I'm gonna live like a nomad. Yeah, to make this gym work. So yeah, that's kind of what uh what I don't know inspired me to open the gym. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that. Um, and one of the things that I've gotten asked, I, I guess a lot, and, and you kind of touched on a little bit was like, when you talked about the, the hat backwards piece, um, <laughs> which I absolutely loved, um, I got knocked many times for my attire, uh, but was kind of the idea behind rules versus principles yep. <clears throat> and you know what it sounds like. And you said that you had some moral differences with the gym, um, is that idea that you wanted to run something based off principles that align with your individual views and values rather than conform to a, a basically a profit machine that was designed more as a business. Talk us through a little bit more of those values and what really, once you kind of hit the ground running with NBS, you know, kind of just, you know, ass in your hand, trying to figure it out as you went, what were those values that were guiding you? Like what, what is those things that no matter what, cause I'm going to, I got a couple of questions later that yeah. I think are going to boil down to but what started it. Like what were those core things that you were like, this has got to be part of the being of MBS. One of the core values is that you have a moral responsibility to take care of the body that you live in. You live in your body. You don't live in your car. You don't live in your, in your house. You don't live with your iPhone or your fucking watch or on your social medias or any of that bullshit. You live in your body. Your soul exists in your body. And you have to treat it like it's freaking important. You got to treat it like you're going to live in it for 80 years. And we live in a country where people don't freaking do that. And it has a negative impact on them and it has a negative impact on everyone else to sit there and think that you live in a, in an isolated chamber where your, where your decisions about your body are only, only affect you is completely horseshit. That's not the way it works. And the fitness industry markets itself with the idea that it's there to help you become fit. But when a facility prioritizes putting you in on a recumbent bike where you can watch your Fox News or your CNN and drink your coffee and then never do anything that actually is moving you in the right direction of becoming more fit. In other words, you spend all day in a seated position in front of machines and so now you come to the gym, we're going to put you in a seated position in, in front of a freaking computer screen. 
That's wrong. The health halo. It's not giving anyone any guidance, any accountability. And that's who they, and look, you could sit there and argue like, hey, people, freedom, they can do whatever they want. Yes, they can. But if you as a gym build your business model around that, you can't say that you're in the, you're in the business of getting people fit and healthy. You're not. You're in the business of taking people's money with the facade of health and fitness. Yeah. And that was, I didn't like that Yeah, at all. No. And so like when I opened MBS fitness, it was meant to support and prioritize people who took health and fitness seriously and to create an environment where people saw that <clears throat> the, I think around the same time, Planet Fitness was kind of coming around. And, you know, their whole thing is like, you know, no grunts uh, or what are they called? no meatheads or no whatever. Loud, yeah. And the problem with that is like, in this journey of health and fitness, you need to be exposed to people ahead of the journey, uh, farther ahead in the journey and farther behind you. You need to have some contrast and some comparison to remember where you've come from and where you need to go. And when you put people in an isolated community where either they are only all super advanced people, arrogance ensues, and there's no, there's no point back into the, into the future. And if you put people in an environment where it's all new people, then no progress is ever made. Yep. And I, those are terrible. So when I first opened MBS Fitness, <clears throat> our whole thing was... Uh, equipment, equipment, atmosphere, um, and guidance. Um, I wanted, I wanted to provide equipment where, or that was actually knowledge, not guidance, equipment, atmosphere, knowledge. It was, I want to put people in an environment where, or in a facility that had the equipment necessary to support them in their goals. And sometimes that meant you needed a mono, another monolift and not another treadmill. Um, I wanted to put pe- people in an atmosphere that was motivated, motivating, but also accountable and also push the limits a little bit. I didn't want them to be in a comfortable environment. I wanted them to be in an environment that was saying, Hey, do better. You reach your potential in here. You're expected to reach your potential period to do your best. Try harder, reach your potential. If you're if you have a 500 pound squat and your potential is an 800 pound squat, you haven't reached your freaking potential. Step it up. Yep. If you have a 300 pound squat and your potential is a 300 pound squat, fucking right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I wanted to create an, an atmosphere that was telling truth to people and and providing them with knowledge, and that's. That's what MBS started with, was providing people with the knowledge necessary to have success. Um, So those kind of the values that we kind of first started with. It was prioritizing those things. Now, along the way, I had to to learn business values. And that's something totally different. I was going to say, like, let's, it sounds like you wanted to start, like, the big difference was you're actually going to solve a problem. But you were just going to solve it by just taking their money and kind of that... I don't want to say the lie, but the lie that, that a lot of us are told, myself included, that $15 a month, $10 a month, whatever it is, or the better way I like to put it is the access to equipment was my my problem. That's yeah. why I wasn't getting where I wanted the to go. Commodity the equipment. commodity of equipment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so kind of circumnavigating that and starting with knowledge of, hey, this is what fitness actually is, like putting a measure to it. And I yeah. think that's something that I grabbed onto early in my career. And what really did it was for me, CrossFit was the first place that ever desvo- de- defined fitness. And I was like, ooh, that's a great definition. And yeah. this isn't it. So it gave me something to chase. And I feel like you did that with starting with your newsletter it was like, okay, <laughs> Hey, here's our definition of fitness. Here's what's available for fitness. Like raise the fucking bar. Yeah. Let's go. This is what we can do. Yeah. And then you provided the atmosphere and, and the, uh, accompanied the other values to walk along that road. Yeah. It was very much a, I, th- I think it's helpful to have something you're fighting against. Sure. And I was fighting against the commercial fitness industry. Yeah. I still am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we will be for till the end of time. <laughs> I didn't start like 
I didn't start my gym to be rich. Yeah. I didn't start my gym to, um, because I wanted a place to work out. Yeah. You know, I I didn't start my gym to, um, to be able to run things the way I wanted to run them. Yeah. I started my gym because I was like, this is horseshit. (laughs) There's a, there's a serious problem here. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys are bullies and someone's got to step up to you and kick your ass. So let's go. That was kind of why I started. So, um, and I think that's kind of a little bit different from a way like maybe like culturally people think businesses start up. Sure. You know, it's like we started the business with a goal in mind and an enemy that we were fighting. Yeah. And that's how it started. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I think that's the, I know I couldn't have done it without the, that fuel. Yeah. Like, cause it was, it is a grind. I mean, it's day in day out, especially, and we'll dive into this in a second. Like with the business aspect of it is you are learning on the fly. You know, you come in from a personal trainer background, you know, I did very much the same and I was making great money. You know, I took a, you know, a hundred percent drop in in salary to to zero (laughs) for a long time. And even then when we made money, it was profitable, but it was enough to pay bills. Like it wasn't anything in lavish, but we were making difference. Yeah. And I knew what we were fighting for. Yeah. And I knew what I, and I think more importantly for me is it helped develop what I stood for as a person. Yeah. I was like, I know what I stand for and I may not agree with these other things, but I know what I'm chasing. Cause it's easy to get pulled in a million different directions, yes. but I knew what I stood for. And those things are fine. If that's your thing, do your thing. Cool. But this is what I believe is the absolute best solution to a problem, not just uh, an answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think there's answers, which is like, Oh, I need a gym membership because I'm out of shape. That's an answer. Like, here you go. Like that's an answer, but is that going to solve the problem? Yeah. No. no, we want to solve the problem. I want you to get in shape for the rest of your life. And yes. I want you to know what getting in shape means, which is what you started, which with those values. Yeah. Um, so as you were going along and, and as you alluded to, you learned a lot of business lessons. Yes. Uh, so talk us through that. Well, like what, what, how did you start to evolve? Cause I know there's a piece in there from you going from more of the powerlifting into more of a functional training eventually yep. like, and we'll walk through that, but kind of walk us through the baseline of that, that <laughs> business sense first. Yeah. And I, you know, there's probably 2000 I could, yeah, I could bring yeah, up. Yeah. We'll go like but, top, top couple. But I'll try to like talk about one. And then if I think of another one and if yeah. you think of one, you can yeah, ask yeah, too. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think one of the, f- one big lesson I learned throughout the process was that, that if you own a business and you own a business and you have to treat it like a business. I don't own a gym. I own a business. Yeah. Now that's a great distinction. Now, I my gym solves the problem of fitness, and we are very passionate about it. But I had to run it like a business, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people think that that their passion. There's a book called um, the E Myth, mm-hmm. um, and it's. Uh, Basically, it's the idea that like, oh, if you're passionate about something, you should own a business business in that. It's like, maybe not. Because if you're passionate about fitness, cool. If you're not passionate about business, your business will fail. Yeah. Uh, so I had to learn to become passionate about business. Um, kind of going back to like, okay, we're fighting the machine of the fitness industry. Well, that requires me to study finance, to learn accounting, to learn how to appropriately run my books, to read P&Ls, to track metrics. Well, you know, if you're like, I don't really care about that. I hate money. I hate finance. And that's not my thing. I don't like, I'm into squats and stuff. Cool. But then you don't, you don't beat the enemy because the enemy gives a shit about that. Yep. They're studying that stuff. And guess what? If you're not willing to study it, they're going to beat you. You're going to lose. You're going to fail. Why do businesses go out of business? Because they're not run as businesses. They're run as little hobby shops. Yep. Like, and, and that's what that's what happens. And so I had to learn to shift shift from oh I'm a I'm a personal trainer who likes being in the gym to like I'm a business owner. Yeah. Um, I learned had to learn to prioritize the business. What until you own a business, you only see things from through two perspectives that the perspective of the customer and the perspective of the employee. And so you see things and go, well, if I was a business owner, 
I, I, this is how I would run it. And you, it would mean that you would prioritize it as a, from a customer perspective or you would prioritize it from a employee perspective. Yeah. The problem is anytime now in every situation, it has to be good for the business, the employer, uh, the, the staff and the customers. If there's a situation that's bad for all, for any of those, it falls through. True. You know, it's gotta be good for, for, for everyone, but you can't have a, you cannot have a sustainable solution that's amazing for the, the clientele, okay for the staff, and terrible for the business. Yeah. You can't ever have a situation that's bad for the business. You can have situations that are good for the business, good for the, the staff, and good for the, the, the clientele. Yeah. And that's the only sustainable way. To give an example, and this is another talk, talk about values, is a lot of times if you're thinking of things from the perspective of the customer, you go, like, what would, what would I want as a customer? I would want this cheaper, <laughs> free. I would want this free. <laughs> yeah. When I run my business, I'll give free stuff or I'll give cheaper stuff. Yep. Right. Discounts. That's a shit. Uh, that's a shit situation for the business. Yep. Because now you have to have more volume to cover the same costs to be able to pay your staff, or now you have to pay the staff less, or maybe you're not profitable now. Yep. You know, or you offer a worse product. Oh, you are, yeah, right. You know, so it's like something that always suffers when the decrease in cost is your primary goal. Bingo. Right. And there's only three things you can ever really compete on is customer service, uh, product quality or price. And you don't, you don't want any of those to, to go down. If you drop price, the other two suffer right. you know, significantly. Well, the, the, the question I pose to people is like, okay, how do you feel Going to a McDonald's versus going to a Ruth's Chris. <laughs> yeah. You know McDonald's product is shit. Sure. It's going to taste bad. It's well, not going to be good for you. You're going to feel like shit when you're going to feel terrible. <laughs> the servers are going to be terrible. There's Off. a chance that they actually get your, there's a less of a chance that they get it right than if they get it wrong. Yes. Right? Chances are, are astronomically high that they're going to mess your order. But you're going to pay less than 10 bucks. Heck yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be, and it's going to be fast. Yeah. You know? The same calories. It'll be an answer. You're hungry. There's an answer. Bingo. You know? Versus the first, Chris. The, versus with Chris, where the opposite is true. Yep. You're going to spend far more than $10, but it's going to be a really great product and amazing service. You're investing in a meal, yes. you know, versus. The, th- the thing is with consumer products, with, with products, scalability and volume is your best bet. But you cannot scale service well. Mm. It's very difficult. So. What happens is the fitness industry tries to scale product by making it a commodity and calling it access to equipment. Mm-hmm. They're selling access to equipment, it's just a product, and they scale it as a commodity and say, well, how can we just offer this at a cheaper price? How yeah. can we win, win from a volume perspective? I quickly realized, okay, I can't play that game yeah. or I'm going to lose. I can only play the service game. Yeah. Which means I'm going to have to increase my cost and provide a much better service and a much better quality product. And so understanding that type of stuff uh, from, a, from a, like, how do I actually run this business like a business and, and create situations that are good for the gym, good for the employees, good for the, uh, good for the, good for the clients. When I first opened the gym, I prioritized employees first because I was previously a personal trainer. Like yep. the, the situation was great for the trainers. It was great for the clients. It was not very good for the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I had to realize, okay, well, if we want to run this thing for any more than three years, we're going to have to adjust some stuff, right? So that we made those adjustments. And those are hard adjustments to make. Yeah. If, if you as an employee have previously been prioritized in a business, and all of a sudden now you're not prioritized. Yeah. And that's not to say that you're not, you're made unimportant. Our staff is the most important thing that we got. Yeah. But I can't, I can't have a situation that's great for staff and terrible for the gym. Yeah. That's not sustainable over the long run. Because eventually yep. the gym closes, which is bad for the gym. It's bad for staff. You guys lose your jobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for the clients. They don't have a good place, right? Yeah. So having to kind of realize that stuff. Another one being like fairness. Mm. Um, and, and this is where a lot of 
this is again coming from the consumer perspective. You're like, how, what would motivate me? I mean, let's get this cheaper. Maybe like yeah. I got a good deal on this. Yeah. But what happens when you're training beside someone and, and that person's like, oh man, I love this place. This, this is a hell of a deal for $100 a month. And you yeah. go, what the hell? You're paying $100 a month? I'm paying $175. Like, what? What? <laughs> what? Well, why are we same getting same service? Why are we getting the same service at a different cost? Yeah. And so, like, when, when people run things, and this is something to consider, like, when you, you know, when you talk about uh, phone companies or te- telecommunications do this all the time. You deals for new customers. Like, fuck you, dude. I've been here for, I, I've been with you for exactly. five years. I can't get this deal. I get, I get a worse deal because I'm giving my business longer. Yeah. Like how, but we don't question that. It's part of the same, the same messed up kind of societal view on things is it sounds good initially, but then you don't pay attention. No. You don't give a shit enough to really kind of raise a red flag and say, Hey, wait a minute. Like there's something better out there, you know? And I think one, one thing I wanted to note was when you were talking about the clients, the employees and the business, when they all win, it creates what you've created here, which is community, you know, because it's a community of equality of shared values. And then everybody's getting the same level of service. And then you can raise the bar together. Like when the clients do better, the staff does better. The business does better. When the business does better, the staff does better. The clients do better. And all three scenarios increase. And and that's, what's really cool to feel at MBS is I know that when somebody's getting a 500 pound deadlift and somebody's out back doing a, a group training workout and somebody's in here starting new, like they all have the same vibe. It's all the same feel. We all high five the same way, whether it's a, you know, a new person joining or someone that's been here forever, we know we're all valued equally and yes. we know that we're all helping you know kind of iron sharpens iron it's the way the the vibe that you get when you're here yep. because of the foundation of those values you know which is so critical and i think a lot of people overlook it from the business sense that like oh it's completely separate when in reality the business is the foundation for yes. all of it and can be interlaid and, and you you started a business that but you also personal train as part of that business, yeah. you know, versus the inverse, which you spoke of earlier, which was I'm a personal trainer that eh, I kind of get into this business thing, which was more of my scenario. Yeah. You know, I was very much in that camp. I am not the same as far as that motivation track as you are. I was very much, I was really good at training. I love working with people and coaching with people. I was not really business oriented. I didn't gravitate toward that. We yeah. started it because it was like a hobby gym and yeah. that's all we wanted. You know, so we ended up selling it. But then I found MBS and I was like, oh, and you know, you've showed me how to be more passionate about business, which is super cool, which I'm at that point in my life now where it's awesome. And I really, yeah. I really dig it, which is cool. Um, but it's really cool to see that foundation of business and how that's helped actually propel what you originally got in here for, which allows you to train more people and make a big difference. And you can actually actually kind of really kind of make a stand against that traditional kind of, uh, I don't know, I, for lack of a better term, globo gym idea yeah. of fitness, you know, which is, is super cool. I, I, I'll, I'll say an, another aspect of fairness is that I, that we treat all of our clients goals equally as important. Uh, vital. And this, I don't think this was the case when I first started, I, you know, being a, I was 25, yeah. I was young and I was a competitive powerlifter. And that's why I prioritized. Yep. And I, and everyone who came to the gym was like, powerlifting, strength. Um, or maybe bodybuilding or some strong man stuff, but it better be an Olympic sport. Yeah. And we make fun of CrossFit. We make fun of functional fitness and all that kind of stuff. Um, but over the years, I can't realize, well, man, like, the average time that most people spend in the iron sports is three to five years. And in my experience, they just quit after that. It's not like they shift and go, okay, now I need to get, I can get some mobility back. I need to lose some body fat. I need to get my, my cardiorespiratory health and fitness back in check. They go, my shoulder hurts. My knee hurts. I'm done. Call it I'm just, I'll just be fat guy. I had, a, I had a good, had a good <laughs> run. I'll see you guys later. Or they go like, or they just scrape along, just continue trying to like do the same stuff. And you know, they're, they're 50, 60 years old with really unfunctioning, unfunctional bodies that like actually negative has a negative impact on their like, uh, quality of life. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, and then we would create an environment where like, where it only prioritized that one group of people. I gotcha. So if, for example, if you're blaring heavy metal to the absolute max, 
that's blurting out every cuss word on the planet, and I apologize for the curse words I said in this podcast. <laughs> well, the mom who has to bring her kid yeah. to the gym doesn't want to be in that environment. True. And so instead of, and now sometimes people will be like, well, look, I may be poo-poo on that idea. But I was like, here's yeah. the deal. It's like, if she's not here, guess where she's going? Mm-hmm. She's going to do a, I'm not going to say yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to say yeah, it's specific, yeah. She's going to do a bar fitness class. Yeah, yeah. She's not going to build any strength. Yep. She's not going to learn any good technique. No one's going to pour into her uh, in any area of fitness other than, you know. Just movement. Moving around is enough. Yeah. Thin. Thin. Yeah. Thin. Yeah. You know, somebody's going to tell her fitness is thin. Yeah. So I had to learn to be like, okay, can we play heavy metal music that we can still hear each other talk at? That's not saying the F word every other second. Yeah. Where you still get a great training environment. You can still deadlift heavy. Sure. But that, but that, that 45 year old mom of, or that 40 year old, like mom of three who found this place. And this is her only opportunity to actually be exposed to like real fitness. Goes like, I love it here. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, I think you, you have to toe a line, you know, where you're not taking the edge away because yeah. like you told about before, you want to create an environment where you're a little uncomfortable. You're like, Oh man, like I'm going to have to step up to be here. Like you want that, but not yeah. so much that it's elitist yeah. where it's like, I, oh, you have to pull 500 pounds for five yeah. to be able to walk in here yeah. and you well, have for us to celebrate you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. Ex- exactly. And I think that's, that, that's been a maturity change in myself as I've gone from, from realizing like, We've got to be. We've got to start pulling everyone up, and we can't look down on everyone. And, yeah. and the reason we look down on people is not to, is not because it, the reason I ever looked down on anyone was to pull my freaking or elevate myself. Sure, it was to justify what I was what doing, I, what I thought was right at the time. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it's this way of going. Like, I mean, it's just logically, you're like, okay, does being this being an absurdly obese in terrible cardiovascular shape and with zero mobility, is that really good for you? Yeah. Is that? Right, yeah. It's hard to go like, I know what I'm doing is bad, but I'm doing it because I have this one singular goal and eventually I'll, sw- I'll flip-flop it once I've hit this goal. Yeah. That's not what most people do. Yeah. Most people go, ha, running stupid, ha, Yoga is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Having abs is stupid. Yeah. And then what happens is you tear your pec. Yeah. And now you can't pinch anymore. And now you, can, now you don't work out at all. And then instead of addressing that, that lie that you told yourself and yeah. you told everyone else, instead of addressing that and going, like, I was wrong. Okay, I got to flip it around a little bit. Yeah. You just sink deeper down into it. Yep. And that's not good. I didn't want that for people. I saw that happen yeah. over and over and over again. It wasn't like people were like moving from powerlifting to, to health or powerlifting to bodybuilding or powerlifting. They were just going from powerlifting to not training. I was like, well, shit. Yeah. That's not good. We these, gotta, are, <laughs> these are your brothers and yeah. sisters here that are on that journey with you. And all of a sudden they're falling off. Yeah. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I started this to be the solution to the problem. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's not here. And I think that's, I think that's a huge lesson is that lesson of humility of like, Ooh, like, but I also think it kind of ties back to if you don't have a base level of understanding of what your values are and why you're doing yeah. what you're doing and what you're really fighting then you can't adapt, yeah. you know? So you were able to kind of take that slice of humble pie and be like, Ooh, I really love this. And there's nothing wrong with this. Like, this is great. And yeah. I want to keep doing this, but how can I soften that edge for that, that mom that's coming in? That's got three kids or that person that loves running that wants some cross training. Yeah. You know, how do I, how do I do that? You know, like, so I think, I think that's awesome. And, and I've seen a lot of that adaptation yeah. and that humility walking along that, like being able to, to stand up and say, man, the methodology or the sport I chose is not right for me, Yeah, but I'm not done. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's huge. And I think that helps pave the way for what you've kind of created now, which is super cool. And if I say for myself, and much like you, like I, I came into training through sports. Yeah. So I came into training through sports and then I, and then I did, uh, you know, I did sports development. Yeah. Then I did powerlifting. Then I did bodybuilding. Then I did strongman. Then I did Olympic weightlifting. Then I did endurance racing. Uh, and I was exposed to all these things. I just went, okay, of all these things, I kind of like powerlifting the most. Let's do that for a while. 
But I had that background of having done all that other stuff, and I never had this idea that I'm never going to train again. And once this is done, I'm done. Yeah. But if the first thing you come into is a single modality taken to the maximum competitive level, and you've never experienced that other stuff, or if you've guarded yourself against it and kind of like looked down upon it, you don't have that to fall back on. Yeah. So like, I mean, I went through the humble pie eating. I ate a big old giant one. <laughs> sure. Uh, when it, I tried, me included. Yeah. Yeah. When I stopped powerlifting. Yeah. Um, but I had all that background of having done all that other stuff, and literally, I went like, I'm tired of feeling like I'm not an athlete again. Yeah. I, I was an athlete. I want to feel like an athlete again. What do I got to do to do that? Yeah. So, I think that's part of the the equation. Well, I, th- I think that's cool because it's, uh, and I think that's, I don't know. For me, it was a big thing that I didn't realize that was really the intention of the business was to basically for me as a business owner was I learned after 10 years was my job's to make all the mistakes. <laughs> my job's to screw everything up. Yes. And so I can shorten the learning curve for the people that I care about. Yeah. The person coming in that really wants to change their life. Okay. You do not have to go through the past 10 years of shit that I went through. You don't have to go through CrossFit, powerlifting, bouncing back and forth, left yeah. and right, all the injuries. It's like, we're here to guide you. Yeah, yeah. Let me guide you through this. I got you. I, I'll take you where you want to go. You know, coming to that knowledge, like, I think that was a big, under, that was a big realization for me. And I think that's, that's a, a big shift we've had as a business as well is, is like, I've been doing this almost 25 years of, of fitness training yeah. and then, or 10 years in, in just owning a gym. Ow. 10 years of just owning a gym. Yeah. Like I, it has shifted. Well, one person would be like, man, for 25 years of training, like you just know what to do. Don't you? I'm like, I, I don't trust myself at all. No, I, I there's zero <laughs> trust in myself. I, I've been doing this so long to realize that I do not trust. I myself. know that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I know. <laughs> so like, I want to be guided through everything. So uh, uh, someone, I felt like a questionnaire and they were like, who holds you accountable? I was like a million people. Yeah. I have training coaches, I have nutrition coaches, I have mobility coaches, I have uh, um, business coaches, I have uh, spiritual coaches, I have financial coaches. Yeah. I have, like I surround myself with coaches because I've realized having run a business for 10 years, I'm like an experience what it's like to, to do it on your own versus to have someone like, holy crap. Really wish I got that from the get go. Yeah. Oh, for real. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, it would have been way easier. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like, was my regret through training? I wish I had. I wish I was. I taught my parents to hire me a, a dang coach when I was in seventh grade. Heck yeah, <laughs> you a, know what a, I mean. One hundred percent. No, absolutely. <laughs> Instead of talking them to buy me creatine, I wish I'd be like, buy me a coach. Yeah. Um. And so that's where like we've shifted a lot of the business. Is like, man, people need guidance. Everyone needs guidance. I don't yeah. care. I don't care if you're. You're saying Bolt has a coach. Yeah. LeBron James has a coach. Yeah. The best of the best of anything have coaches. Coaches. And, uh, and, and multiple. Yeah, I multiple think, I think coaches. The, the, the higher the level, you see the more coaches. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a, a causation, not just a correlation. Like, like they have coaches and they've had great coaches, but they continue to have coaches. They yeah. don't like, oh, I got it here. I'm done. Yeah. Like, that's not the thing. I've got more coaches now. The deeper I get into any aspect of my life than I ever did when I first started anything, yeah. which is so bass backwards <laughs> that it just blows my mind, yeah. you know? But if I look back at it, I would have more coaches, even if I started with coaches, yes. I would have just infinitely more, <laughs> yes. you know? So it wouldn't change anything. I would just have more coaches sooner. Cause it's like, we have this, I don't know, this idea. And I think this is what the, the business has really taught me over the years. And I've, I've grabbed a lot from being with you as well, is that idea that how am I supposed to know where I'm going if I've never been there? How? Yeah. How? Like we tell ourselves that story, like, oh, I'm a man, I know how to do this. I don't need to ask you know, or a woman. You know, yeah. I'm a woman, I gotta figure this out, you know, pull up my bootstraps. That's the biggest load of bullshit yeah. I've ever heard. You know, everybody learned even grit. Everybody learned that from watching somebody, yeah. from emulating your your a parent or a mentor. You learn that stuff. And yeah, there's some intrinsic stuff in people, and people are created differently and we have different drivers, one hundred percent. But inevitably most, if not all, 
success stories are surrounded by mentorship are surrounded by guides are surrounded by, you know, any long-term success. There's somebody walking through the shit with you pointing a flashlight. Like you should probably step there, not there. Yeah. Like why? Cause I've been there. Cause somebody else guided me through yeah. that. Like, let me help you out here. You know, I think it's awesome. And that's my shift. When I was 25, I was like, I got this. Yeah. Oh, I got this. I'm 25. I know everything. Yep. I got this ready in business and in fitness and finance and life. I, was like, I got this. I'm not a coach. Eh, that's expensive. I'm not going to pay money for that. Not worth it. Now, 10 years later, I'm like, I failed miserably back then. Yep. And I was, I was the biggest limiting factor. I would be, I would be multiples of farther along yep. than I am now. Had I sought mentorship or guidance at that early range, I realize now you cannot have success on your own. It's impossible. Yeah, I, I truly, <laughs> I, I, I can truly say this. I never understood the the concept of it takes a tribe. Yeah, never got that. You know, I was like, oh, it takes a tribe. People, they said it with kids and things like that. Well, I don't have kids, so I was like, oh, whatever. Um, but that there is, I don't think there's any truer statement. You know, I think we you know, evolved from tribal communities and we did things in tribes. And then all of a sudden now the way things are set up in in a kind of a societal view is, is we're very individuals. Like, Oh, we're, I'm going to do this on my own. This is it. And it's just, it's just such crap. It's so silly. It's so silly. And it's like, Hey, millions of people have gone through what you're going through. You're not alone. You're not unique. Like, let's go, we can do this together. You know, I think that's, it's this concept. that's so funky. And I also think like lots of people's, definition of success is like well i made i got better yeah yeah well and so like my, my thing is like i hired my business coach six years in five or six years in a little over halfway i think um so now knowing what i know i'm like holy crap what if i had started with this oh if i had started breaking with this. my heart yeah and, and, so, and so the thing is you're like did, did i grow did we grow? Did we change lives in the first five, six years? We did. Oh, sure. But compared to where we could have been, yeah. we failed freaking miserably. Miserably. Yeah. Those, those 10 pounds you, did, you lost, you know, just God, getting up in the morning, just yes. doing it on your own. Compared to where you could have been, you failed freaking miserably. You didn't have success. Success isn't the definition of making progress from where you currently are to where you uh, used to be. Success is where you used to be to where you could be. Yeah. That's fucking success. That's it right So I failed the first six years of business. It took six years of failure to realize, holy shit, I cannot do this on my own. Yep. It took, I don't know, 20 years of failure in fitness to realize, ah, crap, I can't do this on my own. That's why we've shifted our, our business to going like, like, why do we do NSIs? Why do we set people up with, with, uh, with services? Cause you can't do it on your own. If you could, you would have already done fucking been there. You don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> if access to equipment got you in shape, we would have an in shape freaking country. It'd be amazing. We don't have that. <laughs> if, if it worked, you, you would be there. It doesn't fucking work. So that's why we have shifted our business. They're like, it's not equipment atmosphere knowledge it's atmosphere or it's community guidance and accountability Ooh, that's, that's the shift drop right that's there. what actually that's, right that's what actually gets the results yeah uh, absolutely no question and i think you're the one of the, besides the shift from the original three values to i w- i would say transforming into the the three values you just listed was the definition of success yeah is i think oh it, it defining success for people and for ourselves and for our businesses is just as vital as defining fitness early on was for the fitness industry. For those of us that were essentially swimming upstream, it was the first little nugget that we saw was like, Ooh, and then what you did with the values just then and success is really what moves the needle. It's what makes a difference. It's the, the, the special sauce for the individual that's trying to find a solution versus a simple answer. Yeah. You know, that, that's it. You know, I think taking eating that humble pie and being like, what's your definition of success? I don't care if I get there. Like, well, I mean, it's like, I don't need to wear the crown. Yeah. I don't need to be able to pat myself on my back and say, look what I did. Yeah. I I don't care. I'd rather, I want to win. Yeah. I want to get there. (laughs) I want to get to top of Mount Everest. 
Yeah. I don't care if I have to have an entire Sherpa group help me to get there. That's all I want to get there. Yeah. I'd rather get there and be like, yay, we did it. Yeah. Then be like fucking dead on the side of the mountain trying to do it myself. Well, (laughs) and and I think too, like the way you describe that is so, uh, I think crucial is it's yay, we did it. Yeah. You know, it's lonely at the top if you get up there by yourself. Yeah. You know, what the, the saying, I think Simon Sinek says it is the to go fast, we go alone, but to go far, we go together. Yeah. And is there's no true statement in my mind. And, and I think that's what creating that equality through service employees and business allows you to create that community, define success as a, as a community, which is powerful, which inevitably creates a movement of millions, which inevitably creates that fight that we started with Yeah, of like, Hey, you know, how are we going to make this fight? You know, starting with that, that value at the beginning and then adapting and transforming and being willing to kind of go through that fire, that agogi, if you will, to get to the other side and to be able to turn around and reach a hand back, yeah. not to be able just to get there, to turn around and put your hands out and say, guys, this is the way to the next phase. We, there could be a million more behind us and we got to go a lot further, but yeah. I'm not going to be able to get there without y'all. Yeah. You come with me. You know, that's, that's what's fucking cool. And that's what makes a community and what makes a business worth being behind and being a part of, yes. which is freaking awesome. Yes. Another concept for you is you don't know how to utilize a coach until you had a coach for a significant period of time. And it isn't until you actually, so it, it requires a coach to reach expertise, but you don't even know how to properly use your coach until you've reached expertise. Mm, I never even thought about that, but that is so true. Because, I mean, you just think of like the conversations that you and I have, both, both at rel- relatively uh, same experience levels, a lot of stuff. I'll go, hey, Chris, here's my goal. Like today, I said, you know what my goal is, and kind of here's where I'm at. Here's kind of my nutrition game plan. Yeah. But I, I need you to, you know where I'm trying to go. I don't trust myself. Yeah. Is this right, or am I kind of off on, on this? And you'd be like, nope, that's right. I like it. Or, yeah. eh, Dave, that's, that's, that's a little too much, man. I think, I think you should do X, Y, Z. And, like, when, when, I, when you first have a coach, like when I first had a, had a business coach, the first stage is, just do what I tell you. <laughs> just do what I tell you. Yeah. I'm like, I'll explain why or whatever, but you just got to do what I freaking tell you. Um, and I was like, oh, but, but, but if I, that's not the way we used to do it. And if, if we do that, then this might just do what I tell you. Just shut up and listen. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> Go. Like, okay. Okay. I'm going to do what you tell me. I don't trust you. Yeah. I don't trust you no, at all. No. Mm. Because it isn't the way I've done it ever before. Nope. But oh, okay, fine. I'll do it. Oh shit, that worked. <laughs> you know, you're like, hold up. Okay, well now that that, that worked, and now I kind of understand. Like you were telling me do this because X Y Z, and now I'm kind of seeing that play out. Okay, what's the next thing? And then eventually you like, okay, now I'm seeing the bigger picture. Now I'm now I have an understanding of why why we do this stuff. Now I'm at the point in, as a as a business owner, where a lot of my a lot of my coaches do we do ninety day sprints. It's like I don't need to tell you what to do necessarily like you kind of know at this point what to do but i gotta keep you accountable i gotta keep you in the right direction and i got to i gotta help provide you resources so a lot of what will happen is we'll do the 90 day sprints and i'm like well and this thing happened well i want to do this like dave hey your goal is this we can't do this and this without diluting our 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 time and and energy and resources let's focus on this all right, cool. And a lot of it, like a lot of what our talks are, are like it's not this big, long kind of implement all these giant things. It's like what's the one thing that you can do that's going to be the most impactful? Let's just do that. Yeah, you know. And so, it, like, I might come to them and go, "I'm thinking about doing X, Y, Z." Da, 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 da. What do you think? I like it. What do you need? I need this. Okay, I'm gonna get that to you. You go execute them and help 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 hold you accountable. So now I I, I know. I can utilize my resources as coaches better. Yeah. No, I I love that. And I, I, the way I think about my coaches too, is like when I first, I feel like when I first started business, when I first started any fitness, I kind of felt like I use analogies. So I I liked the idea of uh, kind of being like a river. 
Yeah. And when I started, I felt like I was a river that was overflowing. I was flooding river and I was in a floodplain. <laughs> There's a lot of water going a lot of places, but yeah. it's really not going anywhere productive. And it's really just fucking shit up. Yeah. It was really what it was. The water, <laughs> it was like, okay, what's happening? And what a coach allowed me to do over time was became the banks of the river. Yeah. yeah. Is the river got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it was to the point where my coaches know where I'm trying to go because it's based in values. We've taken the time to establish that over years and practice and all those things. Towards now, it's like if I'm going around a turn and I'm starting to bleed up on the bank, the coach will be like, Hey, is that in align with your values? Yeah. Are you right? And they just ask questions and it yeah. kind of kicks it back and forth and it makes me think about it a little bit, but I'd still, you know, the flow gets stronger because I'm narrowing the focus yeah. yes. and that's what the coaching over time allows me to do. But to your point, I had to build that trust and the trust in myself to trust them, the yeah. willingness, you know, yeah. I needed the willingness to be willing, yeah. you know, to be like, okay, I can't do this. Here you go. Yeah. And then all of a sudden to your point, you see little results. And I think that's, we talk about that a lot in here. I think that's why we do the 90 day uh, journey and foundations and as a staff we do 90 day sprints yeah. is because at the beginning you don't trust the process why would you you've never been on it before yeah you know anything you do you're never going to trust it but uh, as you practice it and then it becomes a practice and then it becomes consistent and then it becomes habit and when it becomes a habit then it's limitless yeah. you know which is awesome and you've made the investment into it yeah oh absolutely once you've made that investment you're like well I'm at least going to see it through. Yeah. Because I yeah. put a lot of money on that thing. 100%. It's totally different than the free stuff. Yeah. When you do the free stuff, you're like, eh, what I, if I do it, I do it, I don't do it, I don't do it. I don't care. I'll bounce from this thing to this thing to this I got thing. skin in the game. But you're like, I got skin in this game, so let me see it through. And you're like, oh, man, that actually gave me a good return. Let's invest more. Boom. And that's how you make that's how you make progress. I love it. Right that's on. awesome. All right. That was a long one. <laughs> a little over an hour on that one. Um, you got <laughs> a final good. question? Ooh, all right. Um, one piece of advice, one, just one sentence for anybody that's looking to start a business that's going to change the way an industry does things, but it's going to be impossible. It's going to be super hard, just like what you are attempt, would attempted to do. What would you tell them? All right. Trying to, let me consolidate. It yeah. I was going to say, you got one sentence. You better make it, a, make it a good one. If your business is the only avenue to make the world a better place, there's no other option. No one else is doing it. Then you have a moral responsibility to make it successful. And therefore, you should do absolutely whatever it takes to find success. Love it. Boom. Period. Exclamation point. All right. Good finish. MBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.